0: Welcome to Inspiring Stories from American History with Rebecca Price Janney. Today's story is about a convulsive time in American history and the hope that followed. In Barry McGuire's haunting 1965 hit song, Eve of Destruction, he sang of the world dying at the push of a button that would begin a nuclear war, and how because of that threat, and the violence exploding everywhere he looked, the world was facing its own demise. In 1968, it appeared, indeed, that all hell was breaking loose, beginning in Vietnam, where nearly 60,000 Americans would die over the course of that conflict. As hostilities intensified, in the spring of 1968, so did the efforts of anti-war protesters back home, mostly college students, who sometimes burned draft cards and or fled to Canada. Some entered seminary and the ministry to stay out of the fighting. There was also growing unrest within the civil rights movement, as figures like Bobby Seale, Huey Newton, and Eldridge Cleaver, charged that Martin Luther King Jr.'s nonviolent movement wasn't getting them anywhere, that it was time to use bloodshed to achieve their goals. Trying to hold the coalition together, King lent his support to a group of striking sanitation workers in Memphis, Tennessee, in early April. While he spoke of attaining full equality, There was also a ring of mortality in his biblically-laced words to the pickets. "'Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it doesn't matter with me now, because I've been to the mountaintop, and I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now.' I just want to do God's will, and he's allowed me to go up to the mountain, and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land, and I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Just after 6 o'clock the following evening, an assassin shot King while the civil rights leader stood on his motel balcony. When Senator Robert F. Kennedy, who was campaigning for the Democratic nomination for the presidency, heard the news, he went to a scheduled stop at an Indianapolis ghetto and told the people what had happened. As the crowd stood in shock, Kennedy combined an appeal to prayer with a quote from a Greek philosopher, "'He who learns must suffer, even in our sleep, pain which cannot forget, falls drop by drop upon the heart until in our own despair and against our will comes wisdom by the awful grace of God.'" Many riots broke out in America's inner cities during the next days and weeks. With the war in Vietnam reaching new levels of death and destruction, it seemed like violence was engulfing the country. It was about to get worse. Robert Kennedy won a critical primary in California on June 4th and right around midnight addressed a crowd of supporters in the ballroom of Los Angeles's Ambassador Hotel. After finishing his speech, he took a shortcut through the kitchen, where shots rang out, and he went down. During that cruel and convulsive time in American history, God was breaking through the clamor in some intriguing ways, It might have seemed young people had given up on traditional expressions of Christianity, but the highly successful rock opera Jesus Christ Superstar took a modern look at the old, old story, as well as the musical Godspell. One interviewer who covered a Pittsburgh production of Superstar said he thought that Jesus now seemed bigger than the Beatles. The Jesus in that play wasn't anywhere near an orthodox portrayal, but there was no doubt that young people were flocking to the real deal. Known as Jesus People and Jesus Freaks, a mini-culture grew up around these new-style hippies. The pop music charts contained hits about the Lord, such as Day by Day, Put Your Hand in the Hand, and... Jesus is just all right. Barry Maguire, who had performed in the lascivious Broadway musical Hair, became born again. He went on to launch the contemporary Christian music genre. Even those who didn't know Christ were taken with him. One memorable 1970 hit song was Norman Greenbaum's Spirit in the Sky, about where he would be going when he died. Greenbaum, a Jewish man, felt inspired to do the song after seeing Porter Wagoner, a gospel-singing country artist, on TV. Regarding his own convictions about the afterlife, Greenbaum says, I believe in an energy force, sort of unexplainable since I'm not dead. He meant not only to entertain with the song, he said, but also to be an inspiration Never to lose faith. In addition to the growing popularity of Bible prophecy and the Jesus movement, the charismatic renewal got underway beginning on the West Coast, mostly associated with the ministry of Dennis Bennett, an Episcopal priest. And while radical college students were disrupting life in U.S. cities, God Himself interrupted the easy pace at a small school in Kentucky. On a cold and windy February day in 1970, 1,000 Asbarians gathered for 10 a.m. chapel, where the dean had been scheduled to preach. At the last minute, however, he felt compelled to let a student give a testimony about what God was doing in his life. Then the dean invited a few others to do the same. As the student spoke, a powerful awareness of God's presence filled the auditorium, And when the bell rang for classes to begin, it went unheeded as students began, one after another, to confess their sins. The rest of the day's classes were canceled, and people lost track of time, forgetting even to eat and sleep. On February 10th, a full week later, classes were resumed, but the chapel remained open for prayer, and nightly meetings continued the effects of the revival spread far beyond Asbury, wherever teams of students took the story to other campuses. Don Daniels wrote in the Wheeling News Register that what had happened at Asbury told him, there remains on the nation's campuses a hardcore sense of morality, and that in the final analysis, the mark on history will be written by the people who spurned the podium of militant dissent in favor of a quiet place to talk with God. Thank you for joining me for Inspiring Stories in American History. And for more information about that period, please read my novel, Sweet Sweet Spirit, One Woman's Spiritual Journey to the Asbury College Revival. I'm Rebecca Price Janney.